Good afternoon. This is the Metal Report. My name is Elizabeth Pudwell. And I'm Vanessa Cassani. And the Metal Report is a modern take on an ancient uh, communication method where the women would go out into the meadow, find their whatever they were looking for, their foodstuffs, and then come back and report to the women in the tribe what's out there. Hey, there's mm-hmm. good water. and That's what we want to do is we want to bring to you, our listener, um, the cool things that we find out there. Yep, and on the Meta Report, we like to talk about a variety of things. Um, motherhood, parenting, business, and today we're going to talk about relationships. So, um, yeah, last week we did uh, numerology, and we also talked about uh, My Message Matters. It's two really cool women yeah. mm-hmm. putting on this conference in multiple cities called My Message Matters. Yeah, that was really So cool. those are coming up, but why don't you introduce our guest since so, you know her. So I have here my lovely friend, Tara Kadem. And we've been friends for about four to five years, and she's a professional therapist and specializes with couples. That's right. And we asked Tara here, so because we wanted to talk about relationships with couples. Yes. I, I'm uh-huh. not in a couple. I'm in a relationship. Are you in a couple? <laughs> I am in a couple. Okay. <laughs> so let me start by asking mm-hmm. you, do you like sort of bring your work home I mean do you absolutely do you yes yeah and it really uh the modalities I use with my couples I choose based on what I think this would be effective Mm -hmm. in my marriage in my friend's marriage and family members marriages so if you know if I if if it kind of passes that test for me Uh uh-huh I will go do the training yeah yeah Interesting. Yes. So have you ever done something like gone to a conference or and found like, I don't know, some new method of working through conflict yes. or and then brought it home and said, honey, let's yes. try this. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I absolutely have. Oh, I think awesome. my husband probably feels like he's got a kind degree. of a guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got a degree just by osmosis. But, but yes, a lot of the things I do with my clients, I I work with um, myself just in my own relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself attracting clients that are like you guys, like having the same issues? or? You know, that's a really interesting question. I think that a lot of couples, when you distill the conflict down into its you know, basic ingredients, a lot of it's just similar across the board. Right. Mm-hmm. There are some really universal themes that come up between couples. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, Vanessa and I met through our group, The Law of Attraction, and um, we both, you know, kind of believed this principle that you get what you think about, mm-hmm. whether you want it or not. So if, if you were thinking about that, like in the onset, before you even decide to commit, how would you know whether or not this is the right person for you? How, what are some things that you can look for to know like that, you know, say you've been dating somebody a few months and you maybe they want to move into something serious, you know, what would you caution one or the other to look for? Wow, that's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> there are a lot of people who... I mean, isn't that common? Like people get into a relationship because they're smitten and then they're in it and there's kids in the house and all this stuff and then they go like, 
I knew this, but I didn't think it would bother me, you know? Yes. Mm. You know, there's one thing I want to caution against, and, and there are people who feel like they've got to be very compatible mm-hmm. with the partner that they choose to be with long-term. Mm-hmm. That's actually not, that's not, those, that's not part of the sort of secret ingredients of sustainability necessarily. Um, I'll tell you this, we're really good generally at falling in love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that passionate beginning stages of a yeah. relationship. I mean, not every relationship experiences that, but many people do. It was so easy in the beginning. It was really effortless in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But we're in a society and culture where we're not taught how to do long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's I almost see it as sort of like a developmental um, trajectory where we get into these long-term relationships and then there's crisis or there's continual conflict and we don't know what to do and mm-hmm. then we're in distress mm-hmm. so um, I can, I and, can and the first thing people think is like maybe this isn't for me let me get out of this maybe right. you're the wrong person maybe I'm not built to be in mm-hmm. a long-term relationship you know some of those kinds of catastrophic thoughts and 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 some of those thoughts are accurate at times right yeah but i i do think that they create a tendency in us to give up on our relationships maybe prematurely at times okay Mm -hmm. yeah one of the things that i find really curious and seems to come up a lot before we started recording um, I shared with you that I'm sober, mm-hmm. and so this means I, I've been doing it for a long time. I sponsor a lot of women, mm-hmm. yeah. and I sponsor a lot of women around relationships. And um, I, what one of the things that I find that causes issues is social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to get your feedback on that. Like, what what are some of the common issues you see, and how do you navigate through social media in a relationship? So. It does come up a whole lot. It does. It does. Wow. In terms of, you know, the Gottmans, um, uh, John and Julie Gottman lead the Gottman Institute. Right. And they've done decades and decades of research on relationships. And there's this concept that they talk about that's actually one of the foundational pieces of you know, how to keep a relationship healthy and nurturing and whole, which is turning towards your partner your partner will make bids for connection and how do you turn towards those bids. Um, one area I see social media um, really interfering with are those bids for connection, those bids where we want to turn towards our partner and connect and the partner is in front of their screen mm-hmm. and numbing out yeah. and it causes a lot of disconnection. And disconnection on different levels, disconnection uh from the self mm-hmm. and then disconnection from my partner who's sitting next to me or my partner who's trying to talk to me from the kitchen and share some interesting news and I can't even tune in because I am immersed in this other mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. So I do see that come up a whole lot. And that's what it's meant to do. Like mm-hmm. I know that they've done uh, studies on social mm-hmm. media and it's it's like an addiction. Oh, and they, yes. they're looking at ways to find people to like be on it as much as possible. Yes. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. It is. But it's interesting because just with like gentle awareness around it, people can start to make 
you mm-hmm. know, conscious right. changes. Yeah, a few years ago mm-hmm. I had to do that. And I did it not because of my relationship, just mainly to maintain a good balance in my home life. But mm-hmm. I had to take off Facebook off my phone. Mm-hmm. I had to put, like, really strict boundaries on my time on Instagram mm-hmm. and, like, all that stuff. Because I would see it and then I would hear my kids constantly, Mom, why are you on your phone? Mom, mm-hmm. get off your phone. Mom, mm-hmm. you know. And that's true with, you know, they're wanting to connect and... Mm-hmm. It's easy to get on the phone and just be like, nothing else matters. That's right. Yeah. I mean, so you, you said something in the beginning about, like, compatibility is not one of the secret ingredients mm-hmm. to sustain a relationship. So if you don't have a lot of things in common and you're not sharing a lot of things with your partner, how do you make the connection? I think there's a difference between compatibility and sharing and connecting with your partner. You know, so we're biologically wired to want to form a deep bond and a deep connection with our special someone. Mm-hmm. And that's not contingent upon we both have the same playing golf interests. together. Right exactly. Yeah. Because you can imagine there's a couple. Let's imagine there's a couple. Well, where all their interests overlap but they're not able to reach for each other vulnerably. They don't know how to show up for each other when one's in despair, right? So there's a real difference between those two things. Sure, compatibility is great. It can, it's, it can be frosting on a cake, but it's not the cake. Mm-hmm. The cake is really forming a very conscious partnership, you know? So because a lot of us are walking around in an unconscious relationship or we're kind of triggering and triggering each other, reacting mm-hmm, to each right. other. Someone's yeah. triggered, someone's shutting down. And then there's this deep wedge between them and that wedge is disconnection. Right. And then both, both partners are in deep distress. So, um, the conscious partnership looks like we're really going to learn how to show up for each other. We're going to learn how to soothe one another instead of trigger each other. Right. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, so something else that came up when you were just now sharing is I have a, a lot of, um, most of my dealings with women is they're not in relationship. They're newly broken up from a relationship. But they didn't spend the initial time to really make sure it was a fit. Um, and two of the things that come up for me in, in a dating situation is um, well, actually, there's three. There's the political, the religion, and um, the sex. So, of the you know those three things, do what's your feeling around that? Do those things have to be in alignment, or can they be out of alignment, but you still can create a relationship or you know sustain one? I find that the political environment is so hot right now and so mm-hmm. volatile that it just you know. It seems like a really, (laughs) you better be on the same side. I really think that's a matter of personal preference and choice and how how deeply important those things are. I think you can certainly have people who are two different religions or one has a religion and one's an atheist and different sex drives and different political orientations. I think as long as there's healthy respect for one another's positions and an ability to actually talk through conflict or at least learn how to talk through conflict, 
I don't think those are deal breakers necessarily. Hmm. Interesting. Because mm-hmm. I think that for me, a matching sexual appetite is really important. So for you, that would be your yeah. boundary. This yeah. is really important. I don't want to spend 10 years in therapy figuring this out. <laughs> yeah. Right? I already did it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I think it's very individual, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people don't really know that in themselves, at least from the people that I'm um, in circle with. They're that aware Mm -hmm. of themselves to know, like, this is for sure a non-negotiable, you know, Mm -hmm. especially at the beginning stages of a new relationship. It's kind of like, oh, he's just so great. And those things can be easily overlooked. So um, that might be why there's there is so much conflict in those areas. And and the other pieces, you know, when we're talking about that conscious marriage or that conscious partnership, part of what we're talking about is really excavating the humanity in the other person. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And and coming to a very deep understanding as to, huh, why is my partner the way my partner is? Mm-hmm. Why is my partner's worldview the way my partner's worldview is? Instead of the judgment right. and the reactivity around it and the shutting down. You're wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That makes a that, lot of yeah, sense. Really. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> around the conflict, what's one of your, you know, what do you do when they're just like in conflict all the time? Like, I know a lot of people don't have really, you know, <laughs> maybe evolved conflict resolution, mm-hmm. you know, techniques, techniques yeah. and tools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you teach that? Well, <laughs> therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Go to therapy. Right. I yeah. do blend two perspectives. So I blend the Gottman perspective. And I also blend um, Sue Johnson's work. So it's called emotion-focused therapy, and it's really based on an attachment model. So there are specific conflict skills we teach through Gottman, and he talks about the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and it's, it's, not, um, it's not really intended to be religious. It's, it's just a catchy phrase. Mm-hmm. So he talks about criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling, and actually all of our relationships show these elements right. in mm-hmm. conflict. Mm-hmm. The masters of the relationships do this. The disasters of relationships do this. Really, the issue is how often do they ta- show up and are they completely taking over mm. the couple's dynamic? Um, so with the, with the Gottman approach, we do coach clients to use the antidotes to those horsemen and to start to dismantle them. I think what's important to really understand is with couples therapy, you're really doing two things. So if you if you go to couples therapy, there should be a readiness for you to work on the relationship pattern. But equally important is a willingness to look at self. Mm. Right? So you've got these two processes going on. You're you're looking at the relationship and you're starting to repair that and look at what's going on and create a more conscious partnership, but you're also simultaneously looking at yourself and you're owning your peace in the dysfunction of the marriage, but also in, in your own healing. What have I been struggling with throughout maybe my childhood and adult life that I've brought into my marriage mm-hmm. that I need to now own and work through for my own healing and for the betterment of my, of my relationship? So you're doing those two things. So with the, with the four horsemen, 
it's really important for clients to you know have some psychoeducation around it and then to identify oh my gosh wow I stonewall a whole lot oh gosh I'm really I'm really guilty here of being very critical I'm going to start really softening and working Mm -hmm. around that because when I'm critical my partner shuts down yeah right so there's that piece around conflict and then the other piece when we're talking about the attachment work is having the couple start to recognize their negative cycle every couple has a negative cycle so you're kind of either triggering each other or you're soothing each other right um so understanding that negative cycle and then learning how to really make a shift into a more positive one so there's a lot of relationship awareness a lot of self-awareness and a lot of practice outside of this room Mm -hmm. so i'm going to coach you in this room how to speak to each other safely and how to do this work but you're also going to need to do a whole lot of work outside of this room yeah and that's really interesting that you say that because i hear a lot of women in relationships talk about that cycle (laughs) and it's like we've just been in this cycle and we keep going back and going back and i think that there should be much more awareness around what that cycle looks like and how to navigate that. And I, you know, and I, I like to educate my clients on it because when I started learning, not just as a therapist, but as a human being in the world about the research around this, the, the, all the Gottman research and all the attachment research, it felt very empowering for mm-hmm. me as a partner. Yeah. Right? I so can imagine that. I just think, even just educating the clients along with doing the work with them is really important. Yeah, I liked it when you said that because I I was thinking like, okay, because you do have to have some type of knowledge around, you know, where you're going with this Mm -hmm. in order for them to buy into it and, Mm -hmm. you know, and practice it Mm -hmm. and take it it back with them and practice Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yep. So what about kids you know are most of your clients like um younger and early in marriage or is it all around it's really from the newly married to we're retired now oh wow mm-hmm. okay yep what happens to people when they're retired yeah I've always wondered that because I'm like can I be with my partner <laughs> we don't have children and we're not doing all this yeah I really love working with with my clients who are at retirement or near retirement I really do. There's a depth in that work that is really fulfilling for me. Mm. Um, And you said, what about kids? And I think that's a really important question because all the research, all the research shows, I mean, I shouldn't use, it makes such a sweeping generalization, but so much of the research shows that marital satisfaction, relationship satisfaction takes a dive mm-hmm. when children enter the picture. Mm-hmm. And that makes intuitive sense, right? We don't have as much time for each other. You yep. know, we have we're drained. Yeah. We're drained, mm-hmm. the energy. Mm-hmm. So it's like we've brought when well, we have mm-hmm. a third party into it. Yeah. And, you know, even though it's our offspring, mm-hmm. it's still a third party. Yeah. Well, it pulls on all the resources emotionally, right. financially, you know, time, time. Yep. Mm-hmm. everything. Yep. So are there, you know, any, I guess, I hate to say tips, but like any, you know, things that, you know, flat out, like if you are in conflict or, you know, don't do this with your kids or do this with your kids or with the with the kids yeah if the yes. marriage is in conflict the i conflict. would not bring children into the conflict mm-hmm. it's not their conflict mm-hmm. you know so like wait till they're in bed <laughs> 
if you're arguing in front of the kids, I think it's important to say, hey, you know, this happens and we're going to work through it, you know, and just kind of modeling that you can be in conflict with someone and it's still okay and it doesn't necessarily mean the relationship is over and we're going to use the skills we have to work through conflict and mm-hmm. to also show your children yes, we were in conflict and now we're better because we actually really talked through it. Yeah. You know, and where we compromised or, you know. Be the example. Be so the, that they yeah. see reality we were, yeah. of like we what a relationship we is. We weren't screaming at each other and shooting bullets at each other and, you know, emotionally and doing all those things. Look, we're doing something different. Calling it's, names or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's the equivalent of showing your children how to emotionally regulate, right? So... You know, if if mom if mom's feeling really stressed and mom says in front of the kids, "Hey, I'm starting to feel really frustrated and I'm gonna go take a time out for myself," the child learns, "Oh, okay, this is what I can do when I'm really overwhelmed. I can actually take a break here." Mm. Versus, mom's really overwhelmed and stressed and starts, I don't know, screaming and mm-hmm. calling mm-hmm. and right? right over, lashing yeah. out. Mm-hmm. It's really the same thing. You know, it's just teaching that emotional intelligence piece, practicing it ourselves. And then they're witnessing it. It's the most powerful example. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it's it's important for our children to know we're not perfect. Yeah. And we're trying to figure right. it out, for too. Sure. And it's okay. You know, and we can make mistakes, and we can apologize, and it's okay. Yeah. yeah. You know? I think we all have that moment when we figured out our parents were humans. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That was can rock your yeah. world a little bit. <laughs> I have a question. How... How do you know when the relationship is over? Well, <clears throat> when the therapy's not working, when, you know, the kids are involved and things just, we keep going back into the cycle and like, how do you know when to say, okay, so maybe this is. Again, it's very, um, that's an individual decision, of course, and, and barring abuse, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Obviously violence abuse that's that's clear relationship is right over um but i'll i'll tell you this when one client is really willing to do the work and the other one is not willing to do the work i won't work with the couple and i'm pretty honest about that mm-hmm. i think that's also a pretty big indication the the couples therapy work um is effective when both people are willing to roll up their sleeves and do the work mm-hmm. and when only one partner is that's a that's a big problem you're not going to get far mm-hmm. in your own healing within and within that relationship mm-hmm. so I would say that's the willingness for both partners to be invested and to look at self and to work on self and to look at the relationship and work on the relationship is the most important thing what about like there's um I know there's a lot of parents that have conflict about key issues, key values with their kids and they're in disagreement. Mm-hmm. Say playing video games or um sleeping mm-hmm. and bedtimes and things like that. How would how would you recommend they resolve yeah. that part? That's a good question. <laughs> so, I'm going to answer it a, even more generally than that and then tell me Tell me if you want a a more specific specific answer. But again, I'll I'll talk about the Gottmans and their research. And what they've shown is that all couples have their perpetual problems. 
right? It could be around parenting or sex or money or, you know, the cliche Mm -hmm. couple's problems, right? So the issue isn't so much, here's our problem and we must resolve it. Yeah, that particular one. It's Mm -hmm. more resolution. How do we reach some compromise around it? And there are plenty of interventions that you can use as a therapist to bring some compromise to the couple where... It's not a win-lose. One partner's not winning and the other one's not losing, but they're really more deeply understanding the other partner's needs, and they're both coming in a bit mm. to reach that compromise. The compromise is incredibly important in a long-term relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. with everything, including parenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so it's really more about like being able to um, say, look, you know, we're at an impasse here. We mm-hmm. both need to give, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I'll give this if you give that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. something along those lines. And a negotiation almost. It is. And that, that is premised on, an, on, a, on a conversation that needs to be had first. And that is really more deeply understanding your partner's underlying kind of gridlocked position on the issue. And your partner understanding yours. Right. Mm-hmm. So having a much more deepened understanding of why are why? we here, mm-hmm. what's really going on for you, what's the deep need mm-hmm. or longing or the dream here, and then for the other partner, and then going to compromise after that's done. Right. I feel like I just got a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> this is all practical stuff for me. <laughs> well, and for me, when I learned it, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, for everybody, I love that piece about, I remember, um, it was probably about a year ago, and um, I was working for uh, my boss, she just recently left, but I remember um, I'd I'd gotten her some lunch, and I was walking by her office, and I was watching her open her food and beginning to eat, and I just had this, like, thought, like, I saw her humanity. It was like, you know, her guard was down. Mm-hmm. I saw the little girl in her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was like, it it softened my, you know, my feelings towards her, yeah. you know, to be able to see what's behind that, you know. And I think that's true, like, with all couples, mm-hmm. too. Like, sure. if we know, like, what's really behind my rigidity here, yes. you know, then I can share that and then I can get some hopefully, understanding and empathy around holding firm. Mm -hmm. That's really a beautiful moment. Yeah. You know, and and when I see those moments on this couch, it it's really very moving. When you see partners who were each other's enemy for the last five years or last twenty years, and then they start to see the humanity in the other person, it's Aww. The most beautiful moment. Yeah. Yeah. We're all Imagine. just people, I you know. know. We're all doing our best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other questions? I would love to just put a little snippet of like, if you're in a relationship, I strongly believe that every relationship should have some kind of support system. And a therapist is what I would definitely recommend. Mm. Because... Me and my partner, we've been in therapy for maybe two months now, and it's been a world of difference. I mean, there's still stuff there. Yeah. But I think we're having a lot of those, like, seeing each other's humanity moments, Mm -hmm. and it's really helping shift our relationship. 
It's so, it's really, it's sacred work. Yeah. It's because it's healing work. And so you're working on your own healing and you're helping your partner heal. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, and it's really, it becomes layers of an onion because when you start that process, more comes up. Mm-hmm. And you think, mm-hmm. okay, we, we mm-hmm. dealt with the issues we came in here for, but oh wow, now there's this. Yeah, there's, now a... there's this. So there's this potential for incredibly deep yeah. healing. And we haven't even had a joint session yet. This has just all been individual work. So we're not even there yet. But I've already seen so much progress. So I'm excited for you. I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Um, So in the other podcast, we did a dating coach. Mm -hmm. And um, she was talking about, um, you know, in, in that program, most of the people that come in have bottomed out in some relationship Mm -hmm. and so there's sort of this pattern that women do they get in they get you know clear they withdraw from the relationship and the toxicity from it and they do the work and they find out they become very self-aware and then they like stop and they're just like okay no dating for a year you know or no dating for however long and then all of a sudden they they go into it thinking that they're all healed well the only way to really work on yourself dating is Dating, dating. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the only way to work on your relationship skills is, is being in a being relationship. In a relationship. Yeah, exactly. Right. I it's, agree. It's really interesting because you know, and I love I love Brene Brown's research and work around vulnerability because couples really deeply struggle, and the roots of it are mm-hmm. very often. In childhood yeah you know so sure. it's really layers of an onion mm-hmm. you know vulnerability can be incredibly like an incredibly scary piece for couples to sort of bridge and the interesting piece becomes um, you know how they end up learning to show up with for each other and really for themselves yeah. in that more vulnerable place because the only real way to connect deeply is through vulnerability Mm-hmm. Say the thing you're afraid to say. Yeah. 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 And possibly to yourself first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Say the thing you're afraid to say to yourself out loud. And yes, then, I find that right? saying it out loud first mm-hmm. immensely helpful. Mm-hmm. Makes yeah. it so much easier to say it out loud mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It takes some of the power out of it, the charge. It's yeah. true. Yeah. 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 I agree. Oh, this has been good. It has Thank been you. really good. It's been I, So if you're listening you. and you're looking for a therapist, I could, um, I've never, you know, <laughs> done a session with Tara. However, um, I've been in front of a lot of therapists and I could tell like you're very thoughtful and gentle, hmm. but also like there's like a no nonsense. I could tell you probably drill right down there and... <laughs> Yeah, she can do that. <laughs> I, I think so, yeah. So, uh, but um, I love the tone of your voice and the Thank connection. Um, so that that part was really good. I'm really glad that Thank you. we had the opportunity to meet. It's great yeah. meeting you. Asking yeah. you some questions and about relationships and this was good navigating through them. So, um, if we if people wanted to yeah. reach you, um, you can look up Thrive psychotherapy and coaching and i'm in the woodlands okay yeah. t-h-r-i-b-e yep. serving those couples out here in the woodlands it's really pretty out here i live in town oh fun i do not live here so um, it is nice i love all yeah. the 
nature. Yes, it's very um, wooded. I kind of forgot about that. I haven't been out here in a long time. (laughs) Easy to get lost. Yeah, for sure. Where am I? It's just trees everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) There's no horizon. It's just trees. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Tar. Thank you. We appreciate it. I've loved all the wisdom you've shared today. I'm definitely going to take it back and use it in my relationship. (laughs) (laughs) And I in mine. So, yeah. yeah. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks. This has been The Metal Report. If you're looking for more of our podcasts, you can find us on Facebook at The Metal Report. We have a page. Yes. Vanessa is building our Instagram. We are working on so Instagram. So that, that's coming out there. Um, you can find, you can go to all of our podcasts at the Meadow Reports. It's plural.com. And um, you can email us at the Meadow Report, singular, at gmail.com. Yes. Until the next time. Thank you.